Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Loki episode number five, titled Journey into Mystery. It's about 45 minutes long, but before we get into that, I thought I would take this opportunity to welcome you to the show. What is on today's episode? What is the OTE on the Culture Jack Podcast? If this is your first time here, thank you for dropping by and giving it a listen on Today's episode, we take a series episode or a movie that we've just watched, and basically it's like any other review and recap show where we tell you a little bit about the episode, a little bit about the movie, and then we give our thoughts. We talk about some theories that either we have or that we've seen floating around on the internet, and um, if this is your first time on this show, well, welcome to the show. If this is your first time on this podcast... Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Culture Jack podcast. We've got all kinds of shows that we do here on Culture Jack. So please feel free to subscribe to the podcast, to follow us on one of our social media, uh, (laughs) I guess, presences. Um, But besides that, my name is Dustin, and I'm going to be your recap guide, your dissection host for today's episode. And before I get into kind of the the meat of the episode today, I have to tell you, I have to warn you that there are going to be spoilers for Loki episode five. Well, I, I'm, I'm talking about the whole damn episode. So you're going to hear, I guess, maybe things that you, you didn't want to know or you did want to know. So if you are not ready to be spoiled for this episode yet, if you're not keeping up with this series yet and you do care about things like getting spoiled, I would recommend that maybe you go out, you watch the show first, and then you save this one in your pocket, download it, and then come back and listen to it later. So we're going to get into it. There's That was your spoiler warning. There will be no more warnings from this point, this point on. So coming into this episode, uh, what happened? What happened in the last episode? We had uh, Loki and Mobius. They'd just been pruned, both of them. Mobius, after he realized that Loki was telling the truth about the TVA not being what they seemed and everyone that works at the TVA being variants. Uh, And then Loki got pruned there at the end of the episode. Sylvia, (laughs) I always want to call her Sylvia. Sylvie had Ravona on the ropes. Uh, She really wants to find out who is really running the TVA. And so some questions that we had from the last episode, if you remember in the post credit scene that we had from episode four, Loki ended up in a destroyed world of some kind with at least three other Loki variants. Well, I mean, I guess four if you include the alligator Loki that was there. Uh, so episode four left us with the question, who is really in charge of the TVA? Because the timekeepers that Loki and Sylvie broke in on, or they, I still, I don't understand. They had the audience with the timekeepers when Ravona could have just pruned them. And after slicing one of the timekeepers heads off, they realized that they were androids. So who, who is really in charge of the, uh, of the TV? And I want to start this episode before we get into what happened with a theory that I only recently heard this week. Uh, and it, it is that uh, <laughs> Loki 
is the mastermind behind the TVA. And I think, I think this, it, it bears so much weight because it's, it seems like something again, that is very within his character and the writers do a good job writing this, this version of Loki. So it, it would not be surprising to me if Loki was the, the guy actually pulling, pulling the strings. And it was, it was noted that there was that shot from the trailer that we haven't seen yet of a, a glorious purposed Loki in his golden Loki garb standing in front of a throne. So we're still owed that shot. And a lot of people think that that points to uh, Loki kind of being the guy guy behind all of it. So what did I want from episode five before we get into it? What did I want? The only thing I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to know that Mobius was safe. We knew that Loki had survived at the end of it. He'd gone to that uh, place with the other Loki variants, but did Mobius survive? And and we got that in this episode. I know I already said spoilers before, but uh, we'll get to it. So the episode starts with people working in the TVA, you know, doing their normal work. Apparently, the emergency of the branching timeline has kind of subsided and, you know, everyone's kind of just back to back to normal. Then we get into the timekeeper's chambers where the timekeeper's head is on the floor and it reminds us of that big reveal that they had the last episode and it transitions then to that ruined city with a very foreboding dark cloud. And Loki asks the other Lokis, he says, you know, who, who, what is this place? Wh where am I? Who are you? And uh, the old man Loki says, well, you're in the void. That's uh, Eliath. That cloud is Eliath. And we are his lunch. So we have to go. And so the, the cloud has this very cool, like dragon head that keeps coming out and snapping and at nothing. Now, Eliath in the comics, I come to find out that because <laughs> because for those longtime listeners of the Culture Jack podcast and especially people of this show and especially people that like to listen to me wax about comic book movies where I might not know as much about the comic books that they come from, know that as soon as they said that name, as soon as old man Loki gave him the name, I paused the episode on my first watch through too, not even on my second one. I ruined the. I was like, oh, Eliath, who is Eliath? I paused it. Apparently, uh, Eliath is a creature, like in this series, is one who gobbles up existence, gobbles up time and matter. And in the comics, he almost ate all of the timelines before he was being, being put in place by Kang. Because I guess he came to um, Chronopolis which is, I guess, where Kang rules, which many people have theorized is the city that was in the quantum realm in the Ant-Man movie. Uh, he comes to Chronopolis, and I guess Kang recruits maybe the Avengers or something, or maybe he does it himself, or maybe the X-Men are there. I don't know. But uh, Eliath is a, a big foreboding presence in the comics. So seemingly to have him... Uh, reliquated to being this just monster in this void area seems like either maybe the start of him or maybe we're, we're meeting an Eliath that's a little bit further down. Uh, I said reliquated, relegated, relegated to 
That was going to bug me the whole episode if I didn't fix that. Uh, <laughs> relegated to kind of like a guard dog of the end of the world. But I get ahead of myself. So back at the TVA, Ravona spills that Loki is not dead, but he has been sent to avoid at the end of time along with everyone else and everything else and all the other timelines that have been pruned before. And as Ravona is talking to Sylvie, she's going, you know, I'm just as surprised about all this as you are. And I want to find out who's behind it just as much as you do. So we should work together. And so they have kind of a, a tense, terse uh, agreement and um, allyship, I should say. And so they agree to work together it goes back to the void and in the void there's like these giant skulls i don't know what marvel characters they're referencing with these giant uh skulls there's uh spaceships there's what is the spaceship we see the spaceship that maybe not in this scene early on in the episode but there's the spaceship that ronan the accuser in the guardians of the galaxy movies was flying on that that spaceship is there I missed it on my first watch through, but after looking on the internet, uh, <laughs> the Thanos copter is in the void. So that's a, a pretty funny callback to the comics because Thanos, despite how he was portrayed in the MCU, where he's just this big, bad, monstrous type character in the comic books, he was a villain who, you know, I, he did like bank robberies and stuff, and he would escape by getting in his Thanos copter and flying away. Obviously, we didn't get that in the MCU, but there was a version of it in the MCU that had to be pruned by the TVA to fit onto the uh, onto the sacred timeline. So, in, entire branched realities are being sent here to the void, and they uh, where do they go? It, <laughs> he says something about the alligator. And, he, oh, he says, is he even a Loki? And he says, yeah, yeah, he is because he's green? Or, so, or maybe that's later on. But he also says that the alligator is overly sensitive, like the rest of us. Which I thought was a incredible characteristic of Loki's to point out. Because he's always talking about how mischievous he is and how much planning goes into everything. But he obviously is a man with a very sensitive ego that can be, you know pulled and tugged in, in the direction of, of a person that he's speaking with uh, in the beginning. Um, so the Lokis, they've all tried to escape this void, and they've all made plans, but nothing has worked out. And as they're walking, as, as Old Man Loki and the rest are leading our Loki away, uh, Kid Loki says something about going, and, and he says, you wear the horns, why do you let a child command you? And old man Loki says, well, this is his kingdom. And Loki asks him what his nexus event was. And he says that he killed Thor. So in this world, this child Loki actually killed Thor. They go to an underground bunker. They get in this bunker. And as the camera pans in front of the bunker, it does kind of that cross section of earth that you might see in comics oftentimes where they put, you know, dinosaur bones and other things. And there's like a bunch of lunch trays as it was panning down, but also there was Thor's hammer. So, you know, a variant version of his hammer and a little tiny jar with a little guy bouncing around inside of it. 
and I, I, I rewound it a couple of times to try and figure out who that little guy was inside of that jar, but I just, I couldn't catch a good enough glimpse of it to really, uh, be able to really be able to identify it. Uh, so back at the TVA, then Miss Minutes is helping figure out the beginning of time and Sylvie and Ravona, they say, well, you know, past the void, Sylvie says, past the void then, if that's where all these other timelines end, that's where a new timeline could begin. And that would be, you know, where whoever is masterminding all this would be. And so Miss Minutes is like, well, here's the, here's the file. And uh, Ravona's like, well, we could get there. And Miss Minutes says, well, what if we get there with the, um, with the temporal spaceship? And Sylvie's like, what temporal spaceship? What are you talking about over here? And Ravona says, oh yeah, the temporal, of course, yeah. It's a spaceship that could travel to and through the void if we had it. Why don't you look that up, Miss Minutes? So Miss Minutes is looking through her files and Sylvie is not believing her, smartly so. She grabs her hand, she shakes her hand, she says, we'll do this together. And she says, where's that file? Taking some time on that file, don't you think? Well, turns out Miss Minutes and Ravona were just buying time for all of her TVA cronies to get there. And so they got there and they held her up. Um, Ravona, uh, she's trying to negotiate with Sylvie, not really negotiate, but get her out from her hiding spot as she ducks behind the lectern. And the, I guess it must be in the courtroom that they're at right now. And uh, Sylvie says, you know what, I got a better idea. Check this out. Um, oh, no, Ravona offers to put her in a time loop similar to the one that Loki, no doubt, was getting kicked in the balls by Lady Sif over and over and over again. Uh, and Syl- Sylvie says, well, I've got re- one really good memory. And of course, she's she's uh, referencing her time spent with our Loki. And she says, I'm going to... I'm going to get out of here. And she turns on one of those batons and she turns it around and she prunes herself. Uh, Meanwhile, the Lokis are enjoying some wine, rocks wine, no doubt from the Roxcraft mall that was uh, showcased in episode number two. I want to say boastful Loki is lying about defeating the Avengers. Like after I defeated Captain America and Iron Man, I got all six of the infinity stones and um, (laughs) old man Loki says that you're lying about that. And the crocodile says that you're lying as well. And he says something about not, it's not a crocodile, it's an alligator. He says something about the alligator and it kind of hisses at him. And so that's pretty, pretty funny. And Oh, he, that's what he says about him. He says, well, at least my Nexus event wasn't eating the wrong neighbor's cat. Uh, and then they get to talking about old man Loki and his Nexus event. Um, turns out he faked his death at that moment that he was supposed to be killed by Thanos. Uh, instead, he hid and disguised himself as as rubble, as uh, debris. And... He made an illusion so realistic that even the Mad Titan couldn't tell that it was a fake. And then once the ship exploded and he was cast out into space, he found himself on a planet, made his made his way there, and the TVA never came after him because he wasn't bothering anybody. He wasn't messing up the timeline. But eventually, he got lonely. And, oh, oh before that, before he said that, he... 
someone was talking about daggers. Oh, Loki was like, you didn't attack Thanos with daggers? And he's like, no, no. A Loki's sorcery is the most powerful thing. And it's inhibited by the use of, of daggers and these sorts of things. So um, he's stranded by himself, but he gets lonely. And so the moment that he decides to end his isolation and step off of his planet, well, that's when the TVA comes to arrest him and prune him. He says, you know, we are, we are the God of outcasts. Uh, there has been some online chatter as well. <laughs> After each one of these episodes, I, I, before I put my episode together, like I put my episode together and I make sure I've got all of my P's and Q's. Um, but I go online and I'm like, okay, what is, what are other people talking about that are maybe more acquainted with comic books or, uh, better suited to dissect the writing in individual shows or movies or whatever. And so some people are saying that old man Loki near the end of this episode, when he dies, he again, fakes his death based on his first story. That being a little bit of a, a foreshadowing event and that he is the actual mastermind behind the TVA. I, I don't uh, find much credence in that particular theory, but there it is. I'd, I'd be ashamed if I didn't share it with you all the same. Uh, so let's see what happens then. Um, then Loki tries to convince his new Loki friends that they should try and kill, uh, Alioth. Um, and then they laugh in his face, even after he tells them about Sylvie, a variant, a female variant of themselves that they've never met a female, a variant. Uh, and Loki says, fine, I'll go do it by myself. And he goes to open the hatch and there is, uh, president Loki the one that we've seen in all of the trailers standing with a swath of other Lokis, like a little Loki gang. And then we go over to Sylvie and Sylvie's now in the void. She wakes up in like this bus or a car. She kicks the window out and she's being attacked by Eliath. Um, but as she's running away, like little wispy clouds are going near and she touches one and she gets a glimpse like through this like space time thing and then up through this castle looking area and like a window that's obviously lit from the inside. It's bright orange. And, uh, uh, she sees something in this cloud. Um, and she's running and she's running and Mobius shows up in a pizza car and he rescues her. Uh, I'm, I'm just at this point while I'm watching it, I'm just so relieved that Mobius is all right. Back over to the uh, the Lokis. President Loki has come down with his gang, and and they're like, "Oh, Loki, why did why did you uh, why did you try and leave? You showed them where we were." At this point, boastful Loki puts his hammer because remember he's got like that Thor like hammer. He puts it to to Kid Loki's uh, head, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I betrayed you." And he says, "Hey, President Loki, you know, now you can give me give me your army." Uh, and I'll take the throne in exchange for the supplies that I promised you or whatever. And President Loki says, well, well, that's interesting because I'm actually betraying you right now. And then his uh, little gang of Lokis, you know, they start pointing their pointing their weapons at him. And they're like, well, actually, we're betraying you right now. And so I thought it was a very funny, very well scripted, well acted, just kind of characterization of Loki 
being this deceitful trickster, this mischievous uh, scamp that he's been portrayed as um, the whole time. Alligator Loki bites off President Loki's hands. There's like a Loki brawl. Everyone's fighting. Our main Loki's escape, minus boastful Loki. Old man Loki, he casts some illusions of our main Lokis to join in the fray, but they take off. And old Loki and young Loki, after they've escaped, you know, they're like, damn him, damn, damn these Lokis. And kid Loki said something pretty profound um, about, you know, the self-serving nature of Loki and why Loki had to just in general be such a terrible person. He said, and every time we try and fix it, every time we try and change that, the TVA comes and, and prunes us. So old Loki and young Loki agree to help fight uh, Eliath. And then we're back to Sylvie and Mobius driving and they're driving. And, um, you know, Mobius is looking at the, the dark Eliath cloud and he's, you know, thinking about the TVA kind of talking out loud. And he's like, all that time, I really believed, you know, we were the good guys. And Sylvie brings up a good point in response. She says, annihilating the entire reality is uh, orphaning little girls. And, you know, this classic hero stuff. Mobius says, you know, for, for my part, I'm sorry. Um, so I, just as a side note, I am really enjoying the Lady Loki Sylvie character. I, I hope that the MCU has big plans to use her for a long time yet to come. Yeah. I mean, ideally at the end of this series, we have two Lokis, um, We've got Hiddleston's Loki, and then we have Sylvie as well. Uh, but if we don't, if this is the swan song for uh, Hiddleston, as far as Loki goes, I would love to see uh, Sylvie continue in in his place. Um, so Sylvie, she shares her uh, idea with Mobius that Eliath is is the key to the TVA. And so back to the Lokis, you know, and they're talking about going and attacking Eliath and Loki says, you know, I'm just going to go inside of it and try and find a heart or, or something and stab it. And, and they're kind of giving him some quizzical looks. And he says, well, just because it's not complicated doesn't mean it's bad to which young Loki or kid Loki retorts. Well, just because it's not complicated doesn't mean it's good either. Uh, and just then as they're, they're thinking about all this. There's another branching event. The uh, USS Eldridge uh, battleship drops into the void and uh, all the sailors on the ship, you know, they quickly realize what they're in for. Eliath begins to attack. So they begin shooting at Eliath and he just makes real quick work of them, just immediately consumes their matter, consumes their flesh, consumes their spirit or whatever, whatever this beast does. Uh, to people. And so Loki goes, well, maybe we need some more time to think about that. And this, this time Sylvie and Mobius, they, uh, they show up because um, Sylvie had convinced Mobius to ride back toward Eliath and they meet up with the group. And he says, these are my, my friends. Uh, Loki says us, this is us as an old man. This is us as a child. This is us as an alligator. And Mobius is like, wow, did he say, wow, was this the, was this the Owen Wilson Mobius wow moment? But he says, you throw, you throw a rock out here. You hit a Loki. So Sylvie says she's going to enchant Eliath 
and she thinks that he, this creature, is the guard dog to the true TVA. After, of course, she chastises Loki for her stupid idea, his stupid idea of attacking Eliath. Um, but she says, I think, I think this will work. And Mobius says, she sounds, you know, pretty, pretty confident. Meanwhile, back at the TVA, Ravona talks with a captured B-15. Now, B-15 wants to tell uh, other TVA members the truth. Um, and Ravona says, you know, this is, you, you were disloyal to the TVA. And, and B-15 says, disloyal? you know, that hardly matters anymore. The TVA is a lie. You know, the timekeepers aren't real. And Ravona says, what difference does that make? And B-15 says it makes a, a whole difference in the world. And, and Ravona, she's uh, driving at B-15 to get out of her kind of the, um, the, the motive that Sylvie has for hunting down whoever's leading the TVA. And and B-15 simply says, well, you know, it's it's revenge. And Ravona says, I need to find the the TVA and or or the whoever's leading the TVA. And B-15 says, no, you want to. Sylvie needs to. Um, And so she said Sylvie is going to be searching for whoever created them. And, and so Ravona leaves and out in the hallway, she gets a hold of the the holographic Miss Minix character, and she says she needs all the files on whoever created the TVA, on the beginning of the TVA. She wants to. She wants to find them, and she wants to protect them before Sylvie has a chance to find them. Uh, and a lot of people on the internet, this Miss Minutes holographic character, they kept saying that there's something more devious, something more insidious to this character that we've been led to believe. And for myself, I don't think that's a case, the case, but I would be remiss if I didn't even mention it, didn't bring it up. Um, I, I, I think this Miss Minutes one is a real, uh, Mephisto type moment. Um, but then we've got other Mephisto type moments in here too, with the Kang, the Conqueror and so on, but we'll get to those here in a, in a second. So back in the void, all of the Lokis are hanging out with Mobius, except for our Loki and Sylvie, who are hanging out uh, with themselves. And Mobius is like, I, you know, I don't ever remember bringing in an alligator. And he's like, are you sure that's a, that's a Loki? And old man Loki goes, well, yeah, he's, you know, he's green. And Mobius says, yeah, well, you know, you know, maybe he's lying. Maybe it's like the long con. But then I guess I, that would make me believe that he's more of a Loki the, in, in that case, he's, and he says, you know, it's always a game within a game with you guys, which I respect. And so Moby's hanging out with the other Lokis, Sylvie and Loki are outside. They're sitting on a hill talking about the plan. They're getting close. They're talking about their Nexus event where they got really close on Lamentus and were holding hands, caused the branch timeline and so on and so forth. Um, and again, they're having a little bit of a moment here and Loki he conjures up a blanket that they both kind of snuggle under a little bit. And Sylvie says, hey, how do I know that you're not going to betray me? And he says, well, you know, I betrayed my father and my and and my brother and and all these people around me. It's all that I do. And she's like, well, at the end of all this, you know, if we break free from this rigid timeline, you can finally conquer you know, you can finally be the uh, the king that you wanted to be. And 
And he said, you know, maybe we could figure out a new timeline kind of kind of together. I mean, I think that'd be kind of nice if we figured out something together. And uh, another side note, like Loki and Sylvie have excellent chemistry together. Like it was a very touching, very dramatic moment. Again, um, I, 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 well casted, well casted once again for uh, Marvel and the MCU. And I hope. Sylvie sticks around for a long time to come. I know I've already said that, but uh, so then we got all the Lokis. We got Mobius. We got Sylvie. They're all standing on on a hill looking at this, looking at this cloud and ready to confront Eliath. Sylvie is is going to enchant. Uh, Loki decides that he's going to stay with her and help her out, which honestly I thought had already been decided, but he gives Mobius the temp pad. Mobius says, hey, you guys want to ticket out of here, you know, talking to the other Lokis and they decide to stay in the void as well. Uh, Kid Loki gives Loki a golden dagger sword thing, which uh, the effects that they use for Kid Loki's summoning of the daggers is very is very good because it's very like sleight of hand magician where Loki's is almost just a conjuration out of nothing kid Loki's you can, you, you almost feel like he could be a street performer making a, making your card appear from what looks like out of nowhere. So I, I really like that, that little touch with, uh, with kid Loki. So Loki asks Mobius what he's going to do when he gets back to the TVA. He says he's going to burn it to the ground. We assume that he's going to start with his desk. Like he alluded to in episode number one, uh, so speaking of effects, you know, we got the, the magic effects for kid Loki and the effects for Elioth are really, really good. Like I've been impressed with the effects on this show. Maybe not most of the episodes, but at the very least episode three and this episode, episode number five were very, very good effects. I even like the timekeepers, but I'm talking like these big effects, these smoke effects, these landscape, these environment effects that they've put these characters in. It feels so well done. It feels like they're there. Is this really a TV show? Like this, is this really the quality that we're getting from Marvel? Like this is so good. So Loki acts as a distraction to lure Eliath away. He uses flaming sword while Sylvie tries to enchant Eliath. However, the beast notices and is going to, you know, head towards Sylvie to eat her. But then old man Loki, who we thought had left after they'd led them to Eliath, he begins enchanting and his, his hands are pumping green and he's just building this entire illusory replica of Asgard to distract Eliath. And this is such a cool looking scene. Um, I actually saw a meme online that said, you know, Wanda is the only one that could create an entire uh, town with illusion, illusionary magic. Or illusory magic, and then it had some rock music or something, and then this scene with old man Loki just building all of Asgard into existence to distract this giant monster. So I thought that was pretty cool. And Sylvie says, "How is he doing that?" And Loki says, "I think we're stronger than we realize." And Loki and Sylvie they work together to en enchant the beast. 
And Loki's like, I don't know how. And Sylvie's like, yes, you do. Just do it with me. I showed you. And then he finally does it. And he turns green. And, well, he doesn't turn green. You know, like he's pumping pumping the green through his hands just like she is. And they're holding hands. And they got their hands on the cloud. But old man Loki can't keep it up. And he's consumed by the beast. But before he is, he says, glorious purpose. And he yells out. And he, he gives a mighty Loki laugh. And then the beast just smokes through him. And his little horned hat, now all rusted and, and disfigured, lands in the ground. And we we tip our fedora once more to to Mr. Old Man Loki. Um, marvelous performance as well in the in the brief episode that he got to act in. So then Eliath, uh, after he eats Old Man Loki, he realizes he's trying to be enchanted. And he turns his attention to Loki and Sylvie. And just before he gets to them to eat them, they enchant him. He, green runs through all of his smoke and into his eyes, and he stops trying to attack him. And the green clouds of Eliath part to reveal a castle-looking place. And the pair, they walk through to confront who we assume is the founder of the TVA. And then roll credits. So, in this one, we did not get a end credit or a mid credit scene, which I kind of assumed that we were going to be getting for the last three episodes, as was precedent set by WandaVision for her last three episodes. Regardless, I'm fine. Hopefully we get a good after credits episode or not after credits episode, but after credits scene uh, in episode six next week. The final, the final episode of Loki. I can't believe it's here already. Like someone said on the, on the internet, Time operates differently in the TVA. So some other things um, that I either saw online or uh, were thinking myself, uh, whose castle is this? Who is operating the the TVA? So uh, a couple uh, big ones that I'm not sure it is. Um, There's a character named Immortus. It could be his castle. Uh, Some people are saying that it could even be Dr. Doom. Now, Dr. Doom did play a big role in the Secret Wars. Was it Secret Wars? Comic book event where he kind of strung together all of the multiverses after, well, a big multiversal war. So I guess it could be him. Uh, A theory that I saw recently is, I believe it was Loki in a Loki comic that Loki made it to the end of time where he met two characters named then and now and then and now had a huge library of everything that every Marvel character did. And so this would be a moment, the first moment, frankly, in the MCU that, um, this, this, uh, theorizer on TikTok is where I saw her video. Um, said that the MCU would be breaking the fourth wall. Now, this does not, of course, include Deadpool, but if the MCU were to be so bold to say, here is a library about all of the characters, these are all of the events, here's what happens to you, it's basically taking the role of the the writer and saying, here, this is the things that I have planned for you, here are the things that you have done according to my will, creativity, and imagination. So it could be that, uh, Kang the Conqueror is always a good possibility. 
<laughs> Kang the Conqueror really is the Mephisto of this comic book series or of this of this television series. And then the the last one is it could be uh, King Loki or God Loki, as they're calling him. Like I referenced earlier on in the episode, people are saying that we did get that shot in the trailer of a very ornate Loki acting very glorious purpose in front of a throne. So we'll see if that's him or if that's just our Loki who has uh, transformed his garb into something more appropriate for him. So the way I feel about this show at this point, though, is it really feels like it is the biggest entry into the MCU TV, uh, I guess, side of things into the into the movies. And what I mean by that is I I'd talked with Anthony before and we had talked about, OK, Kevin Feige said that the, these shows would be good supplementary information. But if you were a fan of the movies and only were able to see the movies without the subscription, you'd be able to keep up. They'd make sense. Um, the movies would be self-contained enough that you would be able to have a a vehicle of reasonableness that would allow you to drive through the movie um, in, a, in a way that's satisfactory to you. I don't know why I tried to explain <laughs> explain that in that way. That was very convoluted and confusing. Um, so WandaVision, I feel like, yeah, they could definitely explain that away. You know, she shows up in Doctor Strange and just a couple throwaway lines. Oh, uh, you know, she turned into the Scarlet Witch after she abducted a whole town. What? And then the people who had seen the show, you know, they'd get the reference. The people who had not, that caught them up to where Wanda Wanda is. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, uh, Sam Wilson did get the shield at the end of Endgame. You know, Steve Rogers gave it to him. And so him showing up as Captain America in the next movie, I mean, it makes perfect sense in continuity. You wouldn't have had to see Falcon and the Winter Soldier. However, with Loki and with everything that they are doing with the multiverse and all the different aspects of the timeline, I feel like Loki is <laughs> as close as we are going to get to required watching before we get into other movies. Like, I feel like these events are not going to be satisfactorily explained in Doctor Strange or in Spider-Man No Way Home. I, I feel like this is probably the most significant MCU Disney Plus series entry uh, just yet. So that little person in the jar, I had I'd mentioned it earlier when they panned to the underground bunker and they went through the different layers and they had the TV trays and the and Mjolnir. Um, there was a little person in the jar bouncing around. Well, online it says that was the frog version of Thor. Um, one that changed uh, to that frog version because of Loki himself. I had to look it up, um, but apparently there's a whole comic run where Thor has been turned into a frog and he leads a, an army of, what is it, rats against snakes or snakes against rats or something. It's a whole um, animal 
anthropomorphized uh, interpretation of Thor, apparently. And apparently this was the deep cut that we got. Um, there was a lot of a lot of Easter eggs in this one. Apparently there was a head of the living tribunal, which I guess is a cosmic entity, a cosmic being in the MCU that oversees um, reality to make make sure things are going the way that they should. And so a lot of people online are saying, oh my gosh, the fact that they have, they've pruned the living tribunal means that the TVA is really trying to go against even the wishes of the universe incarnate itself. But yeah, there was a lot of uh, Easter eggs. The Thanos copter was probably my favorite, my favorite one. But that was it for, and that's all I had to say about Loki episode five journey into mystery. It was a great episode. Um, I'm, I'm very excited yet very saddened that the finale is coming up next week. Um, give us your theories though. Like if you have theories, get a hold of us on Facebook or on Twitter at culture jacked. You can drop your theories there. Um, we've got more on today's episode episodes here on the Culture Jack podcast channel as well. Like we did WandaVision. We did Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're in the middle of Invincible. What else do you want? We're going to do all these movies. You got more Loki coming up next week. We'll do another one on Loki. The last one on Loki. I mean, the last until Anthony and I talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about Black Widow. What if Hawkeye, She-Hulk. Uh, Miss Marvel. I mean, all these other Marvel ones coming down the slope. Are there other ones that you want beyond that? You want an anime series? I love anime. I just got back into watching One Piece, Sword Art Online, and Hunter x Hunter. Utopia, The Boys, Chainsaw Man, Castlevania. What do you want? You want us to do an OTE on the new uh, Cyberpunk 2077 anime coming out? We'll do that too. Just tell us what you want. Getting, getting in touch with us is easy. <laughs> Unlike that sentence for me, you can get in touch with us uh, at our email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Leave us a review on whatever streaming platform you are listening to us on. If this is your first time, that would be incredible, incredibly helpful to us. Let us know what your entry point into Culture Jacked is. Is it Monday Madness? Is it the Culture Jack News Desk? Is it a show like this on today's episode? Is it the Friday show? Is it the Weekend Wire where we cover movies and television? Let us know. Come on. Tell us about it. Tune into our other shows. But other than that, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you on the next episode.